Hello and welcome to this Gateway House podcast. My name is Ashna Contractor and with me today in the studio is Neelam Deo, Director at Gateway House. So Neelam, uh, the NSAs of India and Pakistan were set to have talks on the 23rd and 24th of August. Uh, it's been all over the news, the talks have been cancelled, there was controversy over Sartaj Aziz wanting to meet the Hariyat leaders and also the agenda of the talks was a point of contention. So let me just jump right into it. What do you think about the fact that the talks were cancelled. I mean, Sartaj Aziz made a statement that there were flimsy grounds on which India cancelled the talks. So what do you think about the grounds on which the talk was cancelled? Well, I think it uh, does not do credit to either country that the talks were cancelled in the noisy and fractious way in which they were called off. Um, both are Both countries are right. Uh, in technic- on technical grounds, they can both claim to be right if they are taking literal interpretations. The interpretation that the Indian side took is that at the at Ufa, it was decided that there would be a meeting in New Delhi between the two NSAs to discuss all issues connected to terrorism. Uh, it's a fact that this is what was agreed upon. Uh, but as soon as the agreement was announced, the media and the opposition and various people in Pakistan started to attack the Prime Minister and they tried to pull back and say that of course, you know, Kashmir will be discussed, etc. Now, the government of India says that it sent them an agenda for the talks, which clearly was confined to terrorism, uh, but they did not respond for almost a month. And then the next thing that at least became public was an invitation to the Hurriyat for meetings with uh, with uh, Mr. Aziz when he was going to be in India. Now, considering that the talks between the foreign secretaries last year were cancelled on the interaction with the Hurriyat, uh, if the Pakistanis really wanted to have talks, they could have back, backed off and not announced this. Clearly, this invitation was meant to irritate India. But on the other hand, if India had drawn a red line about the Hurriyat, they really should have had this discussion with the Pakistani delegation in Ufa and made it a precondition to the talks in Ufa. That understanding should have been arrived at between the two governments. Both are to blame uh, for this. Um, but it's, uh, it's unfortunate because both will now have to look for another occasion when they can set up talks. So, Neelam, you said, you know, both countries are to blame um, in this whole fiasco and both countries have their stand on the issue. Um, But what sort of image do you think India has come out with from all of this? And even what sort of image has Pakistan come out with? There's been a little bit of zigzagging on India's part in terms of their stand towards Pakistan and vice versa. So what is your take on this? Well, you know, uh, the image, of course, itself is a moving target because it depends on the image with whom. Uh, The United States, which had welcomed the talks, has said they are disappointed that they are not taking place. Other Western countries will issue similar uh, statements. Um, I think, but the question is to which uh, lobby, to which audience uh, the Prime Minister and this government is playing, and certainly to uh, to their own supporters. But the government will come off very well uh, in having stood tough and not having given in to Pakistani pressure. Similarly, the Pakistanis who are unfortunately under pressure not only from their public but also from their armed forces, they can go back and say, well, we didn't uh, have the talks because 
we insisted that Kashmir will also be discussed. Again, uh, this may let them off the hook with their domestic audiences, but I think both also realize that at some point there has to be talks if there is to be progress in resolving the issues between the two countries. So, Neelam, now that the talks have been cancelled, what now for India-Pakistan going forward? Um, when the Prime Ministers had met in Ufa, uh, the joint statement had set out five steps that were uh, agreed upon for the two countries, but things have fallen through at the very first step. So what do you think is going to happen now for the relationship? Well, one of the things that Mr. Aziz did say was that the ne- the two other meetings, that is of the Director General of the BSF and the Pakistan Rangers and the, uh, the DGMOs, will take place. Uh, he said only that his meeting with the National Security Advisor would not take place. Now, you know, uh, we have to understand that there are also complications on the Pakistani side. Pakistan doesn't have a foreign minister. So when the National Security Advisor comes for talks, the normal interpretation is that those talks will be about security issues, that they will not be about political issues. So the Indian side can try and take some comfort uh, from that. But fortunately, uh, that so far it appears that the Director Generals of the Border Guarding Forces and the Director Generals of Military Operation talks will proceed uh, on uh, on schedule, which is early next month. Uh, in addition, uh, the two are going to be in New York at roughly the same time for the UN General Assembly. So perhaps uh, the National Security Advisors of the Indian and Pakistani Prime Ministers can meet there away from the media here uh, and in uh, uh, in Pakistan. Uh, it should be recognized that the media often makes things more difficult. So one of the things that is talked about all the time is whether there should not be track two talks. And maybe that might be the next step to try and put in place a track two process. So uh, moving on to a more regional understanding of this, um, what do you think this means for SARC? You know, the SARC grouping, uh, one would assume that if India or Pakistan are not able to have a dialogue, then that's detrimental to the SARC grouping in general. So what is your take on that? Yeah, you know, unfortunately, it reinforces the tendency to uh, try to make SARC functional uh, minus Pakistan. This is already evident in the transport agreement that has been signed between Nepal, Bhutan, India and Bangladesh. Uh, with the change in government in uh, Sri Lanka, other institutions like BIMSTEC, uh, which is includes uh, Sri Lanka and uh, Thailand can make progress. So we do have a tendency, now it becomes more feasible with the peace agreement, with the agreement with uh, the Naga rebels to put more focus to the east of India. But it would be unfortunate not to also be able to uh, move on trade and economic issues with Pakistan, which is the second largest economy in SARC and uh, which uh, in the end uh, is our neighbor and is also crucial for what happens to Afghanistan, which is the seventh member of SARC. Thank you, Neelam. Uh, We have a lot to keep track of uh, on India-Pakistan relations and we'll be back soon. Thank you. Thank you.